Pacific Northwest. Here's my dad to his boyfriend and friend. Hey guys, what's going on? It's episode 249 now of the Ron and Don Show. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Yeah, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we're going to talk about the sexual touch that men love. Oh, jeez. <laughs> what, what has gotten into you lately? I don't know. Also, I just had a birthday, and uh, so we're going to talk about that. Some of the things that I learned on my birthday. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. As we're recording this right now, we know that there's a trial going on in Minnesota of an officer who is a training officer, and this is the officer that killed, and some people feel murdered, uh, George Floyd. And so Officer Chauvin has decided, as we are speaking right now, that uh, he was not going to take the stand on his own behalf. And so in the coming, by by the time this episode comes out, we will know uh, what has probably happened with this jury and what has happened with him. Right on the heels of that, 10 miles away in the last week, uh, and by the time you listen to this, maybe a week and a half ago, uh, another training officer by the name of Kim Porter, uh, she worked also for a Minnesota police department. In fact, she's been there 26 years, and it was just decided in the last 48 hours uh, that she would be charged with manslaughter. She was, She is facing 10 years uh, in a federal prison, in a federal institution. Here's my question. And here's my concern. When we look at Officer Chauvin, he was a field training officer. And the day he killed George Floyd, he was training three other officers. So he had been on the Minneapolis police force for 19 years. Kim Porter, officer, she's 41 years old. She had been an officer for 26 years also a training officer. And it seems like, if you buy the story, that she confused the difference between her taser and her 9 millimeter. She meant to pull the taser. She pulled the 9 millimeter. She yelled, taser, 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 and ended up shooting a 20-year-old unarmed black man. Ron, when you look at this and you see the through line of here's two training officers that you think would know better that are training other officers. Does charging Kim Porter with manslaughter, does that really help any of us as we try to move forward and figure out what is going on in policing in America? I think it helps that family who lost their loved one. Uh, and so uh, it's, it's there, I think, within their rights to, to ask for that charge. The, the real question to me is looking at it this way. You, we, we've grown up in America. We're steeped in, in America, in the America that we grew up in. And we, and most of the time, people do not question the thing that is self-evident. So if you, a couple, you know, if you grew up, let's say, I'm going to use a weird example, but I just, a couple episodes of Hoarders popped up on my, on my uh, YouTube the other day. So I watched one. It's like, if that's what you, so let's say you were a child and your parents were hoarders and that's what you grew up with. That would be normal to you. 
every square inch of your house and property being packed with stuff, that would be normal to you. You would have to leave your home, go to a friend's house, let's say, and go, oh, everybody doesn't have stuff everywhere? Because that's normal to you. So we've grown up in America with our relationship with law enforcement, so it seems normal to us. I think it's appropriate right now with what I've been learning about police, the history of police, about black and brown people in America, to question this. There are 19 countries, first world countries in the world, where law enforcement do not carry weapons. Uh, they don't carry pistols. They have non-lethal weapons and what. So we're talking the UK, talking Ireland, Iceland, Norway, like countries Right now in Europe, in Asia, around the world, Japan, Tokyo, 24 million people. The crime happens there. The officers do not roll up and pull out a gun because they don't, they're not carrying a gun. And so I think the model that exists in America exists that way for a reason. And if you're a black or a brown person, you say the reason it exists that way, police in America were invented the way it, the form. I'm not talking about the concept. The, the model was invented to protect white, powerful slave owners predominantly to protect their property. And they wanted to be able to call in some sort of enforcement arm when they felt threatened or when their quote unquote property, uh, had escaped or was taken from them. And so, and I don't believe they're that far off. I really don't. When you go back and you, you, you take the blinders off and you look at this, I, I saw a tweet that went out this week that said, brutality on law enforcement in America is not a bug. It's not even a feature. It's the code. That's how it was created to be a brutal enforcement arm. And, and, and it was protected state to state to state because if you were in Mississippi, maybe you preferred more brutality than someone that was in Iowa, a community, let's say, that was in North Dakota. So the law enforcement statutes were carved out and given to the states uh, in part, you know, Civil War and all this stuff when they did the states' rights rigmarole uh the police powers were one of the things that the states wanted like we need this because you know before you know the integration of schools let's say you'd have a sitting governor that would call in the national guard in his state to keep a school segregated he would call in law enforcement to keep schools segregated they would call in law enforcement when a black person sat at a lunch counter and they would use fire hoses and German shepherd dogs, and they would use batons, and they would uh, get people on the ground in, in submission holds. And so if you look at that, now we flash forward to 2020 and go, why does a cop immediately reach for a weapon uh, on a traffic stop? Or we see the one uh, with the gentleman in uniform, the lieutenant, who's in a gas station, his hands are outside the window. Why are weapons even drawn there? You can see both hands. Well, we need to get some context. So you're talking about a lieutenant in the United States Army who just bought a new vehicle. He's driving home on the East Coast. You couldn't see the tag in the back window. There were no plates on it. Uh, he was pulled over by a local police department. He drove to the BP station because he was concerned about what was about to happen to him, even though he was in full... United States Army uniform, and what he was afraid was going to happen is exactly what happened. And so he was 
uh, pulled over on a traffic stop. He was berated. Well, guns were drawn almost immediately. He was told that he better be scared. And pepper sprayed. And pepper sprayed. And, and just it's heartbreaking when you watch the video. And at the end of this, the cops basically tell him it's quid pro quo. You shut up. Don't say anything. Be quiet. Because otherwise, we're going to wreck your army career. Uh, and as a result of this, one of those cops has now been fired. And uh, we'll see what happens to uh, the other officer that actually. So if you just over. look at and the. And he was a person of color. If so. you look at the evidence and you look at the way things happen, I think it's a legitimate thing in 2020 to go, let's look at this system. Does it work? A, does it work? And if it works, it has to work for everybody. It can't just work for the white people. It can't just work for the powerful people. It can't just work for the rich neighborhoods where they go, oh my God, I saw a scary black man in my neighborhood come quick and do do something brutal because I'm afraid. Maybe he's stealing. Maybe he's doing whatever uh, because of, of someone's preconceived notion. If you're in a park, oh, this scary black man that's bird watching, again, another story, is, is, is hurting me. I'm going to call 911, knowing what that means. So there is a structure in America that is not the default structure around the world. So a, a, a Tokyo police person or a Dublin police officer or a London police officer or a Stockholm police officer, they can go on patrol among the population of their countries without their weapon drawn, and they go into dangerous situations. They go into situations where there's domestic violence or drug use or robbery or homicide. They are able to do their jobs without pulling out, uh, do traffic stops, without pulling out a gun and accidentally shooting someone. Why? Because they don't have a gun in the first place. I'm not saying we need to get all the way there, but I'm saying it's legitimate to question that. Yeah, and and, and I think one of the problems, and, and it's the reason why I brought up, brought up these two train, and I haven't heard anyone talk about this, and, and we should, be, because just charging Kim Porter, who I don't think woke up that morning and said, I'm going to go shoot an unarmed black man, and yet she did. What brought her to that point? What drove her to that point? If he was 20 and white, would he have even got pulled over? Uh, they pulled him over because of uh, his tabs weren't renewed. And when I was younger, I used to drive around all the times with my tabs not renewed. Never pulled over for that. And, and then we have to ask ourselves, well, is this the broken window Mayor Giuliani strategy that they used in New York City to quote unquote clean up New York City. Did they really clean up New York City or did they just pull, push the crime to another place where you couldn't see it? So it wasn't in the square. So those businesses could open and some of them reopen and, and, and we could have a sense that the city was maybe flourishing. So when, when, when we look at these two training officers, we have to really be concerned about other training officers and other police departments and what they are training young cops to do. We have to be very concerned about that. And there is no uniformity. I'll give you an example. Let's say uh, that we go to war in Afghanistan and we have some United States Rangers, Army Rangers, meet up with the Big Red One. And they're not even on the same base. Not even on the same base. And yet they find themselves in Iraq or Afghanistan or, or somewhere overseas. The reason they can work together, even though they haven't trained together at the same base, or they haven't even trained together under the same moniker in the United States Army, because in the Army, there is uniformity about how we are going to operate and function 
as an army, as a Marine Corps, as a Coast Guard, right? So I could get transferred the Coast Guard here on the West Coast to the East Coast, and my job there will probably be exactly the same as it was here. So we don't have that in our police departments. We we are missing. We are missing uniformity, and we are missing that aspect of what real training is and what real training is supposed to be. And it should scare the hell out of all of us that these two training officers took the lives of two young black men. Uh, That should not only give us pause, but it should make us stop and say, we have to rethink this now. We'll see you on the other side of this. If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. Started out right away with Don helping us look at the options. Like, here are different ways you can approach the sale of this house. I've bought and sold a lot of real estate over my life. Don's listening skills were um, superior. Don came with Ron. He was incredibly well-prepared. They were just really impressive. And the things that they outlined that they were going to provide, their services, were, it just made it easy. It was a lay down. And so we put it on the market on Saturday. There was a lot of interest. They made an offer on the, on the offer date for over asking price. We did amazing. It was the best case scenario. We couldn't have done better. It couldn't have been a better experience. When we first sat down, they showed me what property was selling for in my neighborhood. They had several suggestions on you know, when we should go on the market, what we needed to do to get ready to go on the market. I, I couldn't be happier with the experience we had. We all celebrated. It felt like a team victory. <laughs> We were all just jumping up and down. They were passionate, and they, they were just honest and straightforward, and uh, no, everything's great. Uh, yeah, I definitely would recommend it. We had multiple offers, $50,000 more than the asking price. He had no contingencies, so I jumped on that one. I can't wait to do another deal with them. It was great. It was awesome. When you're ready to sit down with Ron and Don and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to episode 249. As you just heard, we are licensed brokers at Windermere, and if you want to get in touch with us, a lot of people right now that have a lot of questions about selling their property, listing their property, how quickly we can get that done in this really hot market, and uh, there's a way to do that, right? Yeah, you can get a seller's guide, uh, a seller's playbook that Don and I wrote ourselves right now uh, on our website, or you can just email me directly, ron at windermere.com, and then uh, we can set up a Zoom call and do a Ron and Don sit down. Yeah. All right. Are you a cuddler? Do you like to cuddle? Boy, are we getting into this? Yeah, are we a, getting into there's this? There's some new research out. I saw the. About, re- I don't know if it's research about it's a, it's a BuzzFeed the sexual poll. revolution of men and and how we like to be touched non sexually. It's a BuzzFeed poll, how do you so like it's, to be? it's not how do you, like the Mayo Clinic. How do you like to be touched? Doing a double blind study, uh, but it was it was interesting. They're they're saying men are becoming a little more comfortable with uh, physical touch, yeah. uh, and not having it be weird. And they showed a bunch of things where it's either man to man, where, you know, a, a man, a, fr- a male friend can hug his male friend yeah. and that not be weird yeah. uh, to some other things. The one that I like, uh, and this would be not male to male, this would be male to female is I've always like my back getting scratched. 
Like uh, when I was a kid, that was, uh, I'm talking a little kid, like five, six, seven years old. Uh, we would, if we watched TV, my mom, my dad sat in the big uh, Archie Bunker recliner. Like that was, you do not sit in his chair. That was his chair. And then there was the side table that had the TV guide and the lamp, the really ornate lamp for some reason. And uh, like a, a little plate full of almonds and then, or, or beer nuts. And then my mom was on the couch. I would lay on the couch and she would scratch my back. And so I just, there's something about getting my back scratched. If we're talking about this sort of, of touch that, that I absolutely love. What about you? What else? I like it when you're driving in the car, you're the driver. And uh, if, if, and when I ever have a, another female in my life, mm -hmm. when they reach over and sort of scratch the back of your neck or rub the back of your neck when you're driving. Oh, there's a theme here. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the learning how to, we did a, a 20 second or 30 second hug way back in the day. Yeah. Uh, because you also read some new research in air quotes. Yeah, that men should hug longer and it should linger. And it was uncomfortable, but I'm trying to learn. I did. I think but I did you still remember it. We did that 10 years ago and it's still memorable. No, you. we did it like a year ago. Must have been a great hug. No, no. We're still in Trust the Radio. So it was years ago. So, um, yeah. This, so, so to be honest about this, growing up in the church, and, and then a few of the churches that I attended end up blowing apart. And the reason they blew apart is because there were men in these churches that were touching women and kids in the way that they shouldn't touch women and kids. Uh, and specifically in, in the Catholic church, we saw a lot of this. In fact, where I was an altar boy uh, in the Catholic archdiocese, that's where the whole thing with the Catholic church blew up was uh, is it Robert Sanchez? It was Robert Sanchez. It was the archbishop, and I was confirmed by him. And he would go on camping trips, and he would crawl in sleeping bags, and he would touch kids, and specifically boys, inappropriately. 60 Minutes did that story, and that's what blew the Catholic Church apart worldwide. So through this pandemic, my concern has been, since my son hasn't seen a lot of his friends, hasn't seen any family members, it was really important that he, that he still felt loved. And I've worked really hard on how can I, how can we talk about touch? How can we do this in a way that's healthy? How can we do this in a way where he feels like he can talk about it? And, and, and so we have these conversations. And the first time I had this conversation was with his pediatrician. Like, like, how do I talk about touch with him? And she showed me. She talked about touch with him hmm. in front of me and modeled it for me. Uh, and without going into all of it, and, and some of that I'll keep private, I found that to be very helpful. I bet that was helpful. There, there's this thing, Germans always invent new words that when stuff arises, they invented a new word during COVID and it's called skin thirst. Huh. It's it's the thirst to touch someone someone else's skin. Yeah. And so it's a really, I mean, the translation loses a little bit, but it's an interesting concept that as a society, we just sort of have this skin thirst. Yeah. And and, and, and that's a good point. And I, and I saw my wiring because of what happened in the church. I was always being really careful, even about the way that I hugged him or the way that, that I touched him to, to the point where, especially during COVID, he needed to be hugged. He needed to have another human uh, connect with him. 
And he's like you, like, like if I stop and just take a moment and I, and I rub his head like really vigorously, he loves that. Or right. if I stop and I rub his shoulders very vigorously. But whenever we do that, I always have that conversation, the same conversation that we have with the pediatrician about touch. So we make sure that we do that. But I, 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 I have noticed through COVID, my great appreciation now is it seems like the world is opening back up a little bit here and people are vaccinated and we begin to touch each other again. Uh, I didn't realize how much I missed that. Just just the hug of another friend, a woman, another man, a family member, whatever that is. Uh, Mailman, delivery guy, <laughs> pizza, pizza, pizzioli. Yeah, barista. Yeah, but I but 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 I, but I like to hug, and I'm a hugger. And, and even with him now, I get down on one knee, and I make sure that he feels hugged, that he feels loved, that he feels cared about, and that he knows that there's appropriate ways that that we can we can and, touch and each that's other. That's what's and show so affection. great about your dog, uh, Charlie. He's so affectionate, He's very and, and it's in a, in a great way. Not like yeah. some dogs slobber all over you and are just yeah. like spazzes about it. Like he's affectionate in a yeah. in sort of a limited but genuine way, and that's got to be helpful. Yeah. To both of you guys. Hey, uh, just had a birthday with uh, my son. I'll tell you what we learned on the other side. If you have a friend that is ready to start their real estate journey, send them to ronanddunsitdown.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to episode 249. Just had a birthday, and it's kind of fun because my my son and I... Oh, we're live from the Lesh Studios, by the way. Uh... We just had a birthday. My son's on April 9th. Mine was April 14th. So we kind of we kind of celebrate those uh, together. And uh, happy birthday, by the way. Yeah, thanks for that. And 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 thanks for your nice card and what you wrote online. I it, it, it's interesting now that I've that I've turned 54 about a birthday because the most important thing to me was to get to spend some time with him. So so we did that. We went to the park and we played some football and some frisbee, and then we went and had Molly Moons. Nice. What'd and, you get? And he explains all the flavors to me and then all the toppings. And then I've never had a waffle bowl before. In your life? Never. No. You've been living under a rock? I know. I had a waffle bowl. Dude, the Molly's favorite's my go-to. If I'm going to wreck the room, it's with a Molly's favorite. Yeah. And then they even have Sundays there. I'm I'm like afraid to get one of those. So... So we, we, we had a really good time with that. And then, and then, you know, what's kind of weird is on my birthday, I just like being alone. So I went to this house that I'm demoing and I, with a partner of mine, but it was just me. And there was a little part of the roof. We're taking off second story. And, and I took off the remaining part of the second story over the garage yesterday. And then I just sat out on this roof and it, it had, well, actually the second story. And it has a pretty cool ocean, uh, a view of the water. It's over by Discovery Park. And I just thought about my life and I thought about uh, all the people that I had heard from yesterday, hundreds of people, uh, people that we've done radio with in other markets, people that I used to go to church with when I was a kid. Uh, I heard from, from cousins and family members and I heard from some of our listeners and some of our clients. And, and I don't know what it is. It used to be really hard for me when people would tell me nice things about me. I couldn't read them if they put something online or especially if I felt like it wasn't true. It was really cringe. It was really cringeworthy if somebody called me a good dad, had a, you're a great dad. You're the best dad. Really, really, really hard time with that. And, and I've had to learn. I, I've role played this in counseling hmm. where Priscilla will say something nice to me. And I, and I go, go ah! <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I know that about it you. Is, it, it, it's really hard. And then, I, and then I get anxiety feeling like I need to write everybody back who said all these nice things about me, or maybe they won't like me anymore. So, so anyway, what I decided to do is just receive those things, read those things, enjoy what people wrote, the memories, the, 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 the such nice things that they said. So let me ask you, why and, do you think I, you like to be alone on your and, birthday? Well, because 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 I, I think when you turn fifty four, you realize you're closer to the end than you are to the beginning, mm-hmm. and I think it's a it's an opportunity for me. And I think some people probably do this on New Year's, and I don't do this on New Year's. I do this on my birthday. Uh, I went and talked to my little sister. I have a place where I go, and I, I talk to my late sister, and then I just I just really think about this year and and how I did as a dad. How did I do as a friend? How did I do as a partner? How did I do as a world citizen? How did I do as a broadcaster? How did I do as a realtor? How did I do as a philanthropist? Uh, and, 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 and on some of those things, you know, kind of when, when, you, when you go through therapy, it teaches you, it teaches you to take time and, and take self-inventory. And, and, and that's what I did yesterday. I just, t- I took a self-inventory and I think what I re- really realized in in taking apart this house that I'm taking apart right now, because we're not tearing the whole thing down. I've always been a guy that has to go in and tear the whole thing down and then, right. and then start over. And at 54, I don't have time to tear the whole thing down. So I look at parts and pieces of my life that are good, that I feel, think are positive, that I want to build on uh, during my self-inventory. And I hang on to those things and I keep those things. And then I look at things where I know that I could do better. And then I, and then I challenge myself and I write some of those things down. And, and if I'm lucky enough to take another trip around the sun, uh, I have some things that I came up with, with yesterday and, and not a work list, but just an appreciation. And, and then also saying, I want to continue to be the author of my own life. I want to continue to have a say. Uh, I want to continue to, to write the story of, of how this ends. Can we set that aside for a minute? I want to hear about Great Wolf Lodge. No. <laughs> because he's, I just want to know what that is like you as, just have to as go. a dad. You know, I've the, been. I've been with my... With the best part of Great Wolf Lodge, usually when we go, I've had to go with him. And during COVID, uh, that was shut down. And they just opened that up. It's really cool to, to hear him in the backseat at 11, talking to another 11-year-old. And they're just figuring out the world. Mm-hmm. And they're talking. They're starting to talk about girls a little bit. And they're talking about their hair. And they're talking about things that they like, and they're talking about their parents a little bit when they don't think their parents are listening. Probably Marvel comic superheroes. Yeah, and they just 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 sitting there, driving the truck, and then listening to those two and being quiet uh, is it's the greatest honor of my life. To, That's fun to be able to, to to be able to do that, and and then to see kids be able to honestly, and I know people dumb on the Great Wolf Lodge for kids to just go and be kids, for them to be able to get on a slide, for them to be able to jump in the water. Uh, we we've taken all those things for granted, and and we don't anymore. So anyway, to all the people that reached out, thank you. And and I know people do different things on their birthday, and for me, it's just a time of of self reflection. Uh, and appreciation and we appreciate all of you and we appreciate all of you that decide to be our friends and to stay with us and continue to listen to us and give us give us some space in your life it means a lot to us yeah absolutely i I, i'm i'm it's just ironic i guess that your you and your son's birthdays are so close to each other i don't know what that means 
it's sort of endearing, I think, from the outside looking in that you're like cl- sort of clustered. Me and my my mom and dad, our birthdays were within uh, 11 days of each other. Yeah. And so it's always felt like we're doing it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that'll be a cool thing that keeps you guys. Yeah. This is just a little element of going, oh, me and my my parents always had a birthday together. And um, so happy birthday. Yeah, thank you. Best part yesterday, like I eat a whole cherry pie every year on my birthday. Oh, the entire pie? Yeah, I get a cherry pie and I eat it. And and then this year I was in the store and I reached for the cherry pie and I said, you know what? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to eat a whole cherry pie. I'm going to have two cherry pies. So then uh, I'm sitting on the deck in the in my backyard yesterday and the the gate swings open and in walks Scotty Douglas and he has half a cherry pie. And he just hands me a half a cherry pie and turns around and says happy birthday and walks the other way. And of course you crushed it. It's only a little left. <laughs> it's a little left in the refrigerator if you want some. I'll share my cherry pie with you. All right. He's Ron. I'm Don. That's Charlie the dog in the background. Thanks for listening to us, giving us great lives. We hope you've enjoyed episode 249 from the Les Schwab Studios. Keep your head up. Keep your shoulders back. And if you need to get in touch with us about your real estate journey, just write Ron. Ron at Windermere.com. And we'll put together a Ron and Don sit down today. In fact, that's the website, ronanddonsitdown.com. Until next time, you guys, don't forget, you're listening to the Ron and Don Show only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, thanks for listening to the Ron and Don Show. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and find some black belt courage. Ha! I'm not kidding. <laughs>